This episode of the All Things Small Biz podcast is proudly brought to you by the Podcast Butler. For everything involved in starting a podcast or editing and supporting an ongoing one, reach out to thepodcastbutler.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we're going to be talking about when you need to dive into the next natural step for your business. Today, our amazing guest is Andrea McInnes. She owns three businesses, Sassafras in Dungog, a children's label, Billy and Grace, a ladies label, and she has just started Ormiston & Co, which is a manufacturing hub based in central New South Wales. So before we get on to our chat with Andrea, we're going to bring Brian in for a little chat like always. How are you today, Brian? Extremely well. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, what are you trying to up the professionalism level there? I am uh, a very professional character. (laughs) Yes, you can be. And uh, Brian, any wins of the week this week? Well, I had a personal win. Oh, yeah? We went to the uh, kids playground area in Queens Park. Mm -hmm. And being the good dad that I am, I thought I would climb up the apparatus with my children. (laughs) Yeah. And even though I didn't look elegant- I still made it to the top. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Kids' playgrounds these days, my God, they're getting so big. Like, particularly that one that we went to in Early Beach, mm. the, the, the slides are like a three-story building. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know how they're um not having more accidents. But anyway, all good. The kids seem to bloody love it. What about uh, business wins of the week, Sarah? Look, mine's probably a personal win too, I suppose, but through the launch of my new program being directed more towards like my mining and industry friends, I have reconnected with so many of my mining colleagues. um, Mates. Yeah, particularly guys that I worked underground with and uh, it's been really nice catching up with them and, you know, just seeing what everyone's up to and where they where they are, what mines they're at now. And, you know, I can tell you that they're spread out, you know, all over the country. I've talked to people who are in South Australia, Western Australia, New South Wales on the Snowy River Project. One guy's left the industry and is working at a brewery, managing the maintenance team. And, you know, it's just been really nice catching up with everyone. So that's kind of almost like a blessing in disguise, I suppose. Well done, connections. Mm. What about uh, West of the Waves, Sarah? Oh, West of the Waves is going well. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on accessories the last little while, mm. particularly on the pearl jewellery. So we've got some really, really cool – they're called a fireball pearl, so they're a really large pearl and they're, um, you know – I don't know how to describe it, but they look like a fireball. They're in shape. They're not, uh, you know, perfectly round. So, they're super interesting and the ladies love them and I know why they do. I was also thinking about one of your other wins of the week was your planner board. 
Oh, my planning board. If you follow us on social media, you will have seen my planning board. So I've had it for quite a while. It's around, what is it, Brian? It's about 600 mil high Hi. and it's over a meter long. It's about a meter and a half long, yeah. Yeah. And it uh, it's actually recyclable, shall we say, reusable. So it's made out of Perspex and it's got all the months down the side, and then it's actually got room for five weeks across the top. So you can write the date in looping around from month to month. And then, you know, when you get to December, you just move back up to January and wipe that out. So I am a planner by nature. I like to be able to see things up on the wall. I mm-hmm. like to know what's going on. So we've put all of our, you know, upcoming holidays, school holidays, when people are where they're supposed to be. And I just feel so much more efficient knowing what's going on. Unreal. <laughs> if anybody wants to know where I got it from, please make sure you send me a message because I'd be happy to pass on the details. Nice. Okay, today's episode, Sarah, is about taking the next step in your business, correct? Yeah, the, like the next natural step, you know, yeah. when something comes up and you're like, The evolution okay. of your business. Absolutely, yeah. And your business is constantly evolving. Constantly. <laughs> I think um, if it was me, I would be a little bit steadier. Yeah. Um, I move at a you, very rapid pace. Yeah. Sometimes your foot doesn't hit the ground and it's gone to the next step. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sprinters would be happy if they could do that. I'm not a sprinter, though. We know, I, was, I was not going- I'm a going sprinter to, in my brain. I was not going <laughs> to bring any evidence in. Excuse me. Okay. I'm quite an athletic person. I just wouldn't consider myself to be a sprinter. An athlete. Yeah. Okay. So, you started your business, right? You started West of the Waves, so it's a clothing- no, accessory. West of, no, West of the Waves started out as bangles Sorry, only. yeah. So, West of the Waves started out as an accessory mm-hmm. and then moved into clothing. Yep. And that all came about because I went looking for a white dress to wear for Christmas and I couldn't really find what I was looking for. So, I decided that I'd just make my own. Nice. And then we stepped into the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean- What happened with the podcast, obviously, was that my business got hacked, my social media got hacked, and I was looking for ways to advertise my business. But I didn't want to do the whole, uh, you know, message someone and say, can you do me a favor and share my business? Because I find that to be, you know, I like to do things in a way where when I'm asking for something, the other person is getting something in return. So, I cooked up this idea about doing the podcast and the way that we structure this podcast is by having the guest. We're able to give them uh, exposure to a bigger audience. Mm -hmm. Um, We we give them like an interview, I suppose, like a platform for them to tell us about their business. And when they share uh, their interview – they're sharing about our business, but we're sharing them too. So, to me, it feels much nicer to be giving back to them whilst asking them to do something for me. Does yeah, that make sense? 100%. And also, in doing that, you're also throwing out hints, tips and ideas to all the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know not everybody is like that, but, you know, there, there's some influencers or, you know, the people who want to be brand representatives who basically just want you to do something for them and they're not really giving anything back. And 
throughout having a fashion label and, you know, an accessories business, I get approached by a lot of those people saying, um, you know, if you were to give me a product, then I would promote it. So it's sort of, you know, all in their favor. So when I was thinking about the idea of how the podcast was going to work, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So then from the podcast, it it just evolved into courses because you're already giving some tips on the podcast and then did people start saying, hey, can you actually explain it a bit more? And yeah, I started getting, uh, you know, emails, messages, phone calls, inquiries on the website of people just asking if I could explain something further, if I could explain it explain a topic further, if I could help them with something, if I had any tips on, you know, how to automate things or to how to build their email list or, you know, how to grow their social media accounts, how to get their products into wholesale, you know, as a wholesale in somebody else's store. So, what I actually started to recognize was that people were asking the same questions. Yeah, yeah. So, I put it together in a format that answered all of those questions in a really logical way, but also from somebody who's done it, you know, like mm-hmm. I've been there and done it. So I've got some good tips on don't do it that way, do it this way, because when I did it like that, it stuffed up and this <laughs> is what I learned. <laughs> Fair enough. And then you had an epiphany. Yeah, I did. Where yeah. you went, hey. I was this before I was that. Oh, yeah, righto. I know. I see where you're going there. So, I don't think. I mean, I t- I say that I'm a mining engineer all the time, but I don't really think that everybody understands what that means. I mean, when I think of an engineer specifically, I think of people who are building bridges and you know doing calculations. That's not really what I've done in my career. I've you know managed people, managed projects, which includes managing finances. You know looking at profitability of jobs, quoting on jobs, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, all manner of things. And not just in Australia. I've worked internationally as well. And it was when I had our first baby that I decided that I was going to start up the fashion business because I needed a project to keep my mind busy. And also, you didn't want to go back to the camp life. No, I definitely didn't want to be doing definitely didn't want to be doing the travel and the camp life. And if I'm being really really honest, I couldn't really see, I suppose I couldn't really see the forest for the trees because I had been so busy uh, and so entrenched for such a long time that I worked you know, dollar for hour sort of thing. You know, if you're on a contract basis, you work an hour, you get paid for that hour. And I couldn't really see a way that I could scale in the career that I was doing. I could only see myself working 70 hours a week for the rest of eternity. And I just, I needed a little bit of a break from that and to change you know, how I was working in that space. But there was always this little bit in the back of my mind that was like, I've had this career for 20 years and now I've just completely flipped and am in another space. And what I feel like has happened just recently, like the next natural step for me is to bring those two things together. Mm -hmm. So, my career in like mining and business management and engineering, working for other people, and then you know, the online side of things and, you know, the coaching and whatnot and bring those two things together. So, I'm feeling super, super good about that because 
I don't know, it just feels right to me Yeah. to be able to, you know, share my knowledge and experience and help other people to grow. And it's so rewarding that I just feel like I've, I've landed in the right place. Yeah, perfect. And then super exciting news, Sarah, to end this little part of our thing is the new podcast. Yeah. So, the next natural step is that uh, we will be launching a new podcast to marry up with the new program uh, for the mining equipment services and products industry. So, we will be launching a new podcast in the next couple of weeks. Called? I don't know whether or not I should divulge the name at this stage. So, um, maybe we'll run a bit of a competition on our socials to see whether people can guess uh, or maybe I might put out a couple of options and see what the people like the most. But I'm pretty sold on the name that we've come up with. It's a bit of a pun. Um, so, yeah, that's super exciting news. You will be able to continue following us on all the same social media and find out information about that new podcast, you heard it here first. Breaking news. Awesome. Now, time for your chat with Andrea. This episode of the All Things Small Biz podcast is proudly brought to you by the Podcast Butler. For everything involved in starting a podcast or editing and supporting an ongoing one, reach out to thepodcastbutler.com. I know I briefly introduced Andrea at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about her. Andrea is a wife, she's a mother to the beautiful Mabel, and she's the founder of Billy and Grace, a stunning ladies' wear brand, and Sassafras, a gorgeous children's wear store selling both children's clothing and educational toys. But in addition to all of this, she's also started a manufacturing hub, which is no easy feat. So, Andrea, I thought maybe we could start today by getting you to explain to the listeners where you are based. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. So, I'm based in regional rural New South Wales in a little tiny town called Dungog. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, about a couple of thousand people and about an hour, uh, just over an hour out of Newcastle, hour and a half maybe. Out of Newcastle. Lovely. Newcastle is such a beautiful place. I've spent quite a lot of time in Newcastle. Yeah, it's a lovely, it's a really lovely spot. We're right at the foot of the Barringtons. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Yeah. Beautiful yeah. weather down there too. Oh, it is at the moment. Now the rain has stopped. <laughs> yes, that's true. So much rain this year. Very much and, rain. Um, Andrea, let's start with what did you do before you started your business? <laughs> so in my former life, I originally I was a hairdresser by trade. Oh, really? Yeah. So originally I yeah spent the first 15 plus years of my working life hairdressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always, always sewn um, from when I was little, always doubled in sewing. And yeah, and then I did my dressmaking trade. So while I was still doing hair and then, yeah, here we are. Yeah. And here we are. So, wow. What made you think, okay, I'm actually going to take my sewing and I'm going to get an actual qualification as a dressmaker? I think I just, I knew I wanted a change of career. Um, Mabel was quite sick as a little one and yeah it was just something that I could study around work and I wanted to be able to start a label that like was natural fibers made in Australia um yeah and it just kind of grew from there 
Oh, that's amazing. So what came first? Did did um, the children's wear come first or Billy and Grace? So Billy and Grace as yeah. a um, children's wear came first and then probably six months in, I guess. Yeah, we started moving into doing some ladies wear and then it was all online mm-hmm. and then 18 months ago, I had a friend who used to be a special needs teacher and she approached me and asked if I'd like to open a children's store with her, which is what is called Sassafras. So basically it was all my clothing for children and she sourced all these beautiful books and toys and for open-ended play and natural-based play and that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. that's how it kind of ended up. Yeah. with that side and then I purchased sassafras off my dear friend Sharon a year nearly a year ago amazing yeah and little Mabel is joining us for the interview today just so if anyone's hearing any little squeaks in the background sorry yes mum life no preschool <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a, a little bit more about the values of your business because I love this part of your business <laughs> so for Billy and Grace our values it's all about the connection with our clients and the integrity of of a brand that's made in Australia using only natural fibers so we don't use any synthetic fibers and it's really important to us that everything is manufactured right here in Dungog from myself my mum who's a sewer and also we have a team of five ladies and so it's all done in-house here in our manufacturing space, which is just really exciting. And you're also, um, you aim to be zero waste, so nothing goes yep. to landfill. Correct. So we don't um, produce like a lot of mainstream manufacturers will use either big industrial cutters or robotic cutters and that sort of thing. And there can be quite a lot of waste. And the textile industry is actually one of the biggest contributors to landfill of any industry, manufacturing industry. So our aim here is 100% zero waste. So we use like our long salvage offcuts for gift wrapping in our children's store. And then we use offcuts that are big enough to be pockets and things because we make a beautiful heritage apron range for mums and children. And so they make up the pockets for those. And then the rest of it, I think there's a few ladies that do rag mats, beautiful um, knot floor rag mats. So we send to them. It also gets used for um, daycare centres, for arts and crafts, and then there's another company that takes off cuts as well that use it to, to stuff exercise equipment like gym bags and things. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Mm. I love it. Yeah, so it's like it's time consuming because we have like when we're produ- when we're producing, we have bins at the end of every cutting table. So like as you cut, you've got to sort, you know, into the bin as you go, like into each bin of what it's suitable for. Yeah, so that's how we how we do it. Oh no, that's so beautiful, and I have seen some of the beautiful gift wrapping, and I think that's just such a great idea. Yeah, it's really unique. Actually, we get a really a lot of really nice feedback. It was just one way that we could use, and it's quite hilarious because in our town, we often all see little kids, and they've got the um, offcuts that they've had on a gift, like wrapped like as a hair tie, like a wrapped in <laughs> like hair ribbon, <laughs> but <laughs> fabric. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So. 
With your manufacturing, you've now moved to the level where you are starting a manufacturing hub in your yep. local area. How, you know, it's obviously seems like a natural progression, but it's quite an undertaking. <laughs> How did yep. you come to that decision? Oh, look, it was, I've always had a dream or a goal of doing something that gives back to women in rural communities. And I've, you know, that's looked a few different ways over the years of different ideas. But last year, um, there was a an, an opportunity for me to go into the running to win a grant that would help establish the manufacturing. So I just decided to go for it. I didn't win the grant. I did get into the top 20 of the particular competition, but it really just sort of got me like really inspired to regardless of the outcome of that competition to just do it anyway. So yeah, we just went for it and we're actually just in the next couple of months, we'll actually be moving the manufacturing space again into a bigger premises because we've run out of room. (laughs) already yeah so that's really exciting and just to keep it all in Dungog we'll be offering traineeships for underprivileged women in our rural community um, to skill them so that they can become skilled and then you know have the opportunity to make an income for themselves oh Andrea you're just such a beautiful person because literally everything that you you know, are putting into your business is for the betterment of the planet or for other people. And I just think that that is, you know, just shows yeah. what a beautiful person you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we just want to do it a little bit differently. And it's not the way that really most manufacturing works. It's certainly not the most profitable model, but you can make it work. Like it's harder, but you can you can definitely make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, for somewhere like Dungog and, you know, a smaller, more rural community, you're offering employment. And I would imagine that in your industry, it actually doesn't matter how old somebody is. Somebody Mm. could come into your industry if they were 18, but they could also continue to work in your industry if they were 70. Yeah, that's right. And we've currently got, so all of our staff are actually, no, I don't want to insult anyone. I'm going to say 45 plus to be safe. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'd love to bring in some younger because it's the skill like dressmaking or, you know, dressmaking is one set of skills and then being a seamstress is another. But they're skills that just don't really like I don't even a lot of schools these days don't even have a textiles elective. So I'd love to see some young women coming through that we could skill. It's a really amazing skill that you can and that you can use in so many different ways within the industry. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't believe it. We had home economics when I was at school. Yeah. Is that not and really so popular anymore? No, that it's no because, yeah, it's just not really a skill. Yeah. So there's home, like there is still cooking and some, there are still some home ec um, options, but actual sewing is not in all schools, no. There's a lot of skills oh. schools that don't offer it as a um, as a subject. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. It's a little off track, but <laughs> we had home economics, and I went to an all girls school. And one term we would do, you know, more in the cooking space, and then the next term we would do sewing, and then back to cooking, and then back to sewing. Anyway, I think we were in about we were either in grade eight or nine, and there was a you know 
a few of us girls who had known each other all through our primary school years because we lived on cattle stations near each other and then we went to the same boarding school and we were still really good friends. And I was the only one who actually liked or enjoyed sewing (laughs) and our project was to make these, you know, duffel bag type situation and they had a round bottom on them that we had to, you know, pin into place (laughs) and then sew and you were obviously marked on you know, the, the um, project that you produced at the end of it. Well, I can tell you that I sewed about half of the class's bags because <laughs> no one could get this silly bottom onto the bag. And, you know, one of my friends, Laura, in particular, she won't mind me saying, but she was like, seriously, can you just do this for me? I have no interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's I, look, oh. it's one of those things that you either love or you hate. Like us kids were all taught to sew growing up, even my brother, and my sister hates it. She's like, no, I'm not even sewing a button on, like no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're all, yeah, it's funny how everyone, you either, yeah, you either have a love for it or no interest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so true, so true. So, Andrea, we have worked together. You have been in my coaching program. Yes. One thing I always like to ask people is we talk a lot about attracting a client, converting a client into business, and then delivering on the product. Where do you think your businesses sit in that model at the moment? We've definitely found since moving into having the physical space presence for our ladies wear which has been more recent that's been amazing so for me with doing the course like I've learned so much through doing the course and I'm really working hard on our like website SEO and just broadening you know where we're reaching our clients yeah online yeah so would you say you're probably in attraction, but you're trying to attract more organic traffic and get more people to your website yes. through those organic searches yeah. and get your name out there a bit further? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely are in that phase for, I would say for all businesses, to be honest, for all three businesses, I would say that we're in that phase. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because Sassafras has only been online since I took as in there was a website and then I but it sort of hadn't gained much traction and then I took over and it's it's growing but I definitely would say that all three would be in that phase yeah for sure and um I've noticed that you've been doing a little bit uh something a little bit differently with Sassafras and you've been jumping on live and doing some tours of the store how's that going for you yeah that's actually been really good I always find live like I find some reels and things a bit daunting but I've just had to Mm. put myself out there (laughs) and um, I thought one way that I could do something a little bit more interactive would be to do like yeah demos of what's in store and you know the response to that has actually been really good like we've gained some new followers and but I get a lot of messages and interaction from that and also gained sales so yeah that's been really interesting actually. I think it's such a great idea because you know I've worked with you for quite a long period of time and some of the toys in particular that I was seeing in the children's store I didn't I didn't know that you had and I was so impressed with some of the educational pieces yes you've actually been able to work with some schools and daycares 
to be able to provide some educational toys into those establishments. Yep. How did you start that? Yeah, that was an idea that, as I was saying, Sharon, that started Sassafras originally, the toy side of it. It was an idea, a concept sort of she sort of thought of a little bit but never actually done anything with. So then when we took over, we sort of started working on, you know, the schools that we wanted to work with and the early childhood, we just have a huge amount of early childhood educators, be it preschool, daycare, and also school teachers that come in and like, all you hear is like the goos and the gars around the shop because they're just like falling in love with all of the things. So we had this concept where we thought if they could enlist into a, into become part of our Sassafras family and they get some perks for being part of the family, it would mean that we could help them take resources into their schools that they otherwise wouldn't have access to, especially a lot of mm-hmm. our things that are handmade. Like we have a local gentleman who makes these beautiful timber bug catchers mm-hmm. and preschools just love them because, you know, they can get the caterpillars and put them in there and they can do the life cycle with the kids and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from and it's just grown from there, which has been really nice. Yeah, amazing. And because we're audio, maybe we should explain some of these things. So I saw that you had, you know, like a wooden puzzle, which I guess showed a lady who was pregnant Mm -hmm. and then had the different pieces so that you could change it to see and then therefore have something to explain to your child what was happening. And my sister's just recently had a baby and I've had to have those discussions with my two little ones about is the baby in her belly, you know, when will the baby come out? How does the baby grow? How does the baby get fed? Yeah. Uh, And I think that something visual like that would have been really handy. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so a lot of the um, pieces that we have in the store are there to provide you know, that definitely that nostalgic childhood feel, but for the children to learn through play. So mm-hmm. a lot of studies find that the best way a child can learn is through through play-based learning. So those particular puzzles, there's a, a gentleman, a dad down in Victoria who's actually a STEM teacher and he created these amazing puzzles that show you how life cycles work. So, yeah, there is definitely the one you were just explaining that shows you each the cycle of each stage of pregnancy and how the lady's belly looks from the outside and how the baby looks on the inside and, you know, the very clear path of exactly where a baby comes out and all that sort of thing. And, you know, they he does beautiful butterfly puzzles that are actually the life cycle of a butterfly from, you know, from the larva to the caterpillar to the butterfly so yeah it's all about how the kids can interact through play but they're actually learning at the same time beautiful there was a beautiful sunflower one with the seed germinating as well yeah the seed germinating through so they can see the underground so they can see what happens under the soil and then also the stages of above the soil he does a great range of puzzles and because we're rurally based as well we try and in like incorporate farm-based things that the kids can learn through play. So we have a beautiful range of like books that have got felted toys with them. So there's one in particular is a horse and she has a foal and it is in her stomach and it you can it comes out in a sack. <laughs> so, yeah, there's sort of lots of interactive, you know, games, toys, books and things that the kids, they'll actually, they're actually learning while they're using them but they don't really, they don't think that they're learning. They just think they're playing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. it's so great. And, you know, we're, we are up in central Queensland, so we're, you know, significantly far away from where you're based. Mm. And I don't think I've ever seen a range of toys like yeah. that, like the ones that I've been seeing on your live. Mm-hmm. So I think at the end of this and um, in the show notes, we'll definitely be tagging Billy and Grace and Sassafras. Um, but I think it's worthwhile everybody getting on there. I think uh, one of the things that I'm worst at in the world is being a present buyer. I'm so awful. But I was looking, you know, watching the live around the store and I was thinking, oh, I need that and I need that <laughs> and I need that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, yeah, just one thing we've got in the works which I'm actually – I'll be utilising your help for in the coming is to do a subscription base for parents like yourself that find gift buying a little bit tricky or they need some fresh things through the year for the kids that aren't like huge investments. We're going to be doing like a subscription model so parents can subscribe to receive educational toys monthly or bi-monthly to a set budget. Oh, that's such a great idea. Definitely. We'll add that to our, I'll add that to our next (laughs) weekly call. My brain's already going a thousand miles an hour about that one, but that is so perfect because, you know, when I say, you know, I'm awful at buying gifts, it's not that I'm awful at buying the gift, you know, I always get the gift. It's the, it's the thought that needs to go into it because my kids are currently four and three, but I've got nephews who are eight and six, and then I've got nieces and nephews, you know, all the, you know, different families with nieces and nephews in them and you know one's 18 and one's just turned 14 and oh like how do you yeah it's so hard with the presence for all these different age groups yeah it is hard when you're not living it yeah that's exactly right when you're not living it and that's one of the biggest loves I have for I mean it's so beautiful when you get online orders and you can do a handwritten note and send them out but when people come into the store and they just look at you and go I just need some help. Like I just need a gift for this age child and we can go through all the, you know, are they an indoor child, are they outdoor child, you know, do they live on a farm, do they live in town and we can help them and they leave with a gift that they just have fallen in love with. It's a really nice, um, yeah, it's really nice. Experience yeah. to be a part yeah, of. Yeah, it's really lovely. It's beautiful. So what is next? <laughs> what is next for your little group of businesses? Oh, goodness. Well, I. Um, I have a lot happening at the moment. My brain um, is in overload, I think. So obviously a big thing for us is Ormiston & Co, our manufacturing space, the growth of that. So we have had an amazing, I just never expected, you know, finally got the Instagram page together. We already had a few labels that we were starting to work with, but got that together. And just from that alone, we've had five labels Five labels, I think, do full inquiries and we're in the motion with some of those. We've had one label, well, it's not even a label yet, so we've had one that's not a label yet that is wanting to come on board and work with us and that's what we're really about with that. That space is really about working with existing labels that, you know, want to manufacture in Australia and helping them do that but also working with people who, you know, have a dream of starting a label that they want made in Australia but they've never worked in the fashion industry, they've never worked in the manufacturing space and they have no idea. People can make it seem so complicated and technical, Mm -hmm. but it's not really when you like, so we're all about holding people's hands through the process and we can do basic, like just the manufacturing for you, or we can do from start to finish, like sourcing fabrics and 
So really promoting that and getting a website up and going for that is definitely what's on Mm -hmm. the agenda for Ormiston & Co. Billy & Grace is really about growing our online presence and getting a little bit better at telling our story behind that as well as matching that with great photographs. That's one thing I've found a little bit challenging in my business is um, Mm -hmm. doing the photographs and yeah, so just really honing in on that, on how we tell our story. It's a really unique story that sometimes I forget the uniqueness or beauty of it because I'm in it. So just, yeah, being, and then Sassafras is sort of similar, I guess, definitely getting better at updating our website more regularly as in product-wise. Yes, yes, it's a tricky Yeah, battle. it seems like the never-ending merry-go-round, um, you know. But anyway, getting better at that and, of course, our online presence. Our storefront itself is beautiful and we are supported beautifully through that. But, yeah, so that's probably where we're up to, Yeah. Kind of, kind of where we're at. We've got some new staff starting as well, so that's exciting. Over the coming month, yeah, so all happening. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I have loved having you on here and being able to showcase your business, but I also just love working with you and seeing you guys grow. Now, I said before, we'll make sure that we put everything into the show notes so people can find you. But again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me and I hope that it can help someone. inspire someone (laughs) you're an inspiration all of the things that you've got going on you're an absolute powerhouse bless thank you (laughs) welcome to today's and one of the last wrap up snap quizzes so one thing that will be happening is that we will be uh only releasing a few more episodes of this season of the All Things Small Biz podcast while we get into planning uh, for both the new season of All Things Small Biz podcast and also the new mining related podcast. So, make sure that you stay tuned on our social media so you can see when those podcasts go live. Okay. Today's wrap up snap quiz. Uh-huh. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. The order of evolution that you have done through your business, mm-hmm. is that how you would do it again? Oh, well, see, I just, I don't think I could change it because oh. everything that I learned along the way is what gave me the idea and the confidence and the know-how to take the next step. So, when I first- It molded you. Yeah. When I first started West of the Waves, I had no idea how to build a website. I didn't know where to buy products from. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know any of it and I had to learn it all along the way. So, every time I added in a new product or then I obviously went along and developed new products, it was all a learning process that has brought me to where I am now. Yeah. So, I don't think I could have changed it. I probably could have done it more smoothly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't think I could have changed it. Fair enough. Um, would you rather to be in the fashion industry now or in the education knowledge mm. industry? Yeah, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not leaving one or the other, but I think that the education space is really, really fulfilling for me because I love being able to share and help and teach and grow and, you know, just help other people do things faster and 
not have to have so many bumps along the way. So, <laughs> I think that space is more fulfilling for me personally. So, that's probably a selfish thing to say, but yeah, that's where You've we're at. You've got to look after number one first, Sarah. You've got to make sure you're happy moving forward. You can't make everyone else happy and you not be where you need to be. Yeah, we don't need a lecture on here. So I'm cut, all about lectures. Cut that now, the last question for today is, would you rather coach me or your children? Oh, oh gosh. it's so difficult, this question, because <laughs> I am very difficult yeah. and our children are even more like me. No, I think I'd, I think I'd take the kids because you're just, you're just stuck in your ways sometimes. Now, at least the kids, knows at least my the ways kids are want to learn new things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, it is any, what it is. Anyway, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed our chat with Andrea. And um, me. And Brian. And also our super exciting announcement um, with regards to the new podcast. If you're looking for us, make sure you jump on the website, www.allthingsmallbizpodcast.com. Please note that we have changed our social media over to at Sarah Hales Coaching just to cover all the podcast titles. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to tune in next week. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the Ecom Hub on Instagram and Facebook. That's at the underscore E-C-O-M-M underscore H-U-B. Thanks so much for listening.